Guys, uh, we all wear Mac Weldon, and if you don't wear Mac Weldon, then you're not one of us. Be one of us and wear Mac Weldon. It's better whenever you got on. They feel good. They look good. They've got that silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. Plus, it's fun to say. You can go up to people like, hey, my underwear is antimicrobial. I would prefer if you say this to somebody you know, but you do you. All that, and they're shipped right to your door. The prices are great. The shopping experience is great, and the quality of the stuff is great. I literally today did laundry because I was like, I'm out of Mac Weldon's. That means it's laundry day. If you don't like your first pair, you can keep it and they will still refund you. No questions asked. Go to MacWeldon.com. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Get 20% off your purchase if you use the promo code REBOUND. Again, MacWeldon.com. Use the promo code REBOUND. Uh, one more thing I want to mention. Uh, since you are our best friends in the world, dear listeners, we love having great advertisers like Mac Weldon support our show. But to keep that happening, we need your help. So go to PodSurvey.com slash REBOUND and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you a little better. That way we can show advertisers just how great our listeners are. Even if you've taken our show's podcast listener survey before, it's a new and different survey. So I'd really love if you took it all over again. I don't know why, what problems with these ad sales guys, but once you've completed the survey, you can enter to win a $100 Amazon gift card, podsurvey.com slash rebound. Thanks for your help. I, I want to get to know our listeners better. It's like I feel like you should tailor it to be like, hi, Jim, is it? Uh, what do you... <laughs> What do you what what's your favorite beverage, Jim? Do you like long walks on the beach? <laughs> I think it's a great idea. Too close. Le- give Jim give Jim some room, Dan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll back off. I just want to know if you guys are still playing a lot of stage. I really was trying to come up with a different conversation (laughs) so that we wouldn't have to talk about this. Screw you. So, I mean, let me, just a quick question. Um, how did you cheat so effectively? That is my yeah. question. <laughs> um, I will say I, I went from being uh, not great at it to being great at it uh, only by virtue of playing it all the time. I'm on a lot of conference calls, and if I'm on a conference call <laughs> where I'm mostly listening, I'm going to play He's playing it right now. I'm we, not. He did that last week. <laughs> yeah. Nothing new there. Uh, I'm impressed with your high score. Um, I, I was for a short time. Uh, I was the 30th best player in the world. I had number 30 in Game Center of the overall list. But uh, Marco Savic, I don't know if you guys know Marco at all. He uh, used to be at Igloo Software, now does a, a startup. But um, he was mad that I beat his score, so now he beat my score. Wow, wow. <laughs> so his score is like insane. It's like 9,000. And I look at it, I'm like, maybe I should just stop playing because that will clearly that will never happen. You know, yeah, the, thing, the thing about these games, and I do love them for the same reason I think you were just talking about, which is they're easy to pick up and put down, is that I feel like when I'm on a good run and I die before I've like, you know, like maybe I get like a few thousand or something like that, mm-hmm. um, the... The draining feeling it has on me when I realize I have to start all over again, which is the yes, same yeah. feeling I used to get as a kid playing the original Nintendo games where when you died, it was basically way back. Like, it yeah. was just sort of like a crushing disappointment of like, I don't, mm-hmm. there's no way I'll ever be able to invest enough time to get back to where I was and I should just give up now. That's also my career has gone that that direction as well. <laughs> no, I agree with you. It's a problem. And it's uh, one thing I wish that games like this would do <laughs> that they don't do typically is show your average score because mm, mm. that to me would be like okay yeah i died but at least i upped my average by x points because it used to be my average score in stage was like 500 and now my average score in stage is probably 5,000. and if it told me that i'd be stoked so here's what i wish that they would do in games like this is i wish there were an option for like i would be willing to trade my high score bragging rights for like save points 
Mm-hmm. Like, I'd be okay with that. Like, if I, I just want to, like, I want to unlock that character. Maybe I'm never going to be mm-hmm. able to do that in one sitting. But, like, I would love to be able to, like, oh, as I feel like I'm, you know, I'm not getting everything I could get out of this game. But, like, I don't need to have the high score bragging rights. Like, I don't need to have that. If I, like, use the save function and it, like, doesn't count towards any of that, that's cool with me. Like, sometimes I just, you know, I want to unlock stuff. And I'm sad that I am shitty and will never make it that far. <laughs> Dan, if you want me to borrow your phone sometime and unlock one. <laughs> yeah, I'll send uh, it right you right over. Maybe you can just pay to unlock them. Yeah, I guess. Anyway. Oh, speaking of games, yeah. actually, that are like this, I don't know if you guys saw that there was a trailer for the sequel to Alto's Adventure over the weekend. I haven't seen it yet. I saw uh, that there was one. It's pretty short. It's less yeah. than a minute. Okay. I mean, it's not. it's nothing super involved, but essentially it looks like snowboarding in the desert <laughs> and what's the name of it again it's alto's odyssey oh, oh i thought okay. it was gonna be soprano's so adventure wow <laughs> uh i didn't i did not care for the tenor of that joke <laughs> oh, come on john you can do it you can do it nope he, nope <laughs> he's not gonna make he's not gonna stoop to such a base level guys i'm oh, sorry he's not gonna i was it. i was gonna go there but um i can't bear a tone of regret <laughs> and <laughs> sadness <laughs> This is why people listen to this show. <laughs> people listen to this show. <laughs> this is, what what this is, is wrong with you? Out. Sorry, is, listeners. They start the show. Take a quick and then they remember. <laughs> take a quick survey to tell why us they... why the hell you listen to this show. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Games aside, uh, I, there was another report I saw yesterday uh, of a potential, um, I think, March iPad event. In, and talking oh, really? about sort of what, um, I mean, all rumory stuff, but uh, talking mm-hmm. about what the lineups of iPads might look like. Um, and the rumor is revamp or a brand new 7.9 inch model. So like a brand, uh, like a pro iPad mini, whatever that means at this point. Um, a, the 10.5 that we've talked about before and then revamped versions of the like bumps of the 12.9 and 9.7, which is also interesting because, again, as we discussed previously, why bump the 9.7 if you're going to introduce a 10.5? Right. Um, and the rumor is that there's also a rumor the 10.5-inch iPad Pro will be edge-to-edge display without a home button. And if I see another rumor about fucking edge-to-edge displays, it's not going to happen. What will you do? I will <laughs> break an iPad over someone's head. Mm. Well, then you'll need a wow. new one. So the I will. system That's, works. This, That's yeah, right. this all works great. Because they're making that. I've seen the the uh, iPhone eight rumors as well, talking about the like, was they called it the interaction area instead of having a home button. I don't know. What yeah. do you guys think? Do you think that like the home button is 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 like seen its last? It's not yes. even a real button anymore. Right. I yeah. think the fake. I think the fake button is. Um, like a, clearly an indicator that they would love to not have that button at all. Right. And if you can use all that space for screen, it's just, I mean, it's going to be weird, right? There's going to be a period of adjustment when you have to get used to, especially if, if there's screen underneath where that fake button would be, then you're always, you're, I don't know. You're, I guess it's fine, right? You tap on stuff anyway. <laughs> all the other interactions <laughs> present the screen. Does that mean that yeah, it's like a, happen. Does that mean it's like a gesture or something? Is it like, I mean, is it an area, like, if it's a larger screen, are you, like, pressing and holding on the dock to bring up the home screen or the bottom of the screen? Because it seems really undiscovered. Or is it, like, a dedicated part of the screen that shows a home button? I don't know. I just don't understand entirely how that works. I mean, 
Android phones have used software-defined areas before, but, you know, it's generally, like, a constant in those apps. So, like, no matter what app you open on the platform, there's, like, a little bar at the bottom that's got those software buttons. But I feel like at least having a physical space demarcated as a home button, like the escape button type thing, is just so ingrained and useful. I have a hard time imagining how they're going to change that in software. It just yeah. seems seems like an odd choice. I mean, I under, I agree with you that like based on the progress of the current button, it seems like they want to get rid of it because I'm sure it would free up a lot of space and let them put a larger screen in. I'm just super curious to know how they feel like they're going to get around what the function of the home button currently does. Here's my take. All the new devices, phones and iPads are going to have two headphone ports. That's my guess. You heard it here first. <laughs> One for the left, one but for not the right. But not the ones not the ones you'd expect. <laughs> it's one of those giant, like the quarter inch headphone jacks. Yeah, yeah, they're right. both, they're like both a, like mono technic technic stereo. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm interested in a new iPad. I sat out the last generation, so if there's like a major update in here, if like there is a ten point five, I think I might be in the market for that. I think I would be too. Ah, oh, jeez, I don't know. I feel like mine does most of what I want it to do, but yeah. um, I like I said, I mostly use it for watching stuff, playing games, and watching stuff now. So, like, if I can get one in the same size that has a bigger viewing area, that would be great. Because I don't feel like I want one that's. I don't feel like I want the the big pro. Yeah, I. That's I mean, I much. know Lex is a big pro fan, but I still find it. Yeah. Too too close in size to the like eleven inch MacBook Air that I carry around. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't carry around both, right? I either carry around uh, whatever my size laptop is or the iPad Pro, but I almost never take them both. So you're right. It is too similar size. <laughs> it seems like the big question, though, and this is... I started out trying to discount what you were saying. Instead, I proved it. Oh, no, I was agreeing with them. <laughs> okay. um, the other thing that doesn't get mentioned, at all, obviously, at all in this is that is the software side of the equation. Because it seems to me that launching new iPads without some sort of commensurate like bump in iOS for like designed for the iPads would be a misstep. I don't know if you agree. Well, yeah. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I, I, ideally, I think if they want to increase the, you know, stop losing iPad sales, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> if they do i don't know if they do maybe they don't care yeah i don't know it's, <laughs> it seems like they do because they keep talking about it you know tim cook seems to be you know keep talking about how much he loves the ipad so i can't imagine he wants sales to keep going down well like yeah, do, i mean but... you know he can't just spin up the entire production lines to make ipads for him <laughs> like he would like to <laughs> believe me but it's a volume thing you know i guess so <laughs> <laughs> you know what about bespoke ipads <laughs> That's a, that's a, there's a growth industry right there, Jim. A, we have an iPad for you. <laughs> uh, John, you'll be excited to know that the report also claims there's a 28 or possibly a 128 gig storage option for the iPhone SE coming. And didn't yeah. they say that they they were doing something yeah. where it was that size phone but with the battery power of the seven size phones, with the strength of ten men? I uh, thought I saw some story about that. I don't know. Yeah, there was something about different battery size. I thought it was for the the seven form factor though not the se oh that could be i wasn't no, reading I that could be, attentively. I could be wrong. 
The because um, <laughs> you, you were playing. Because you were playing. Yeah, I was too busy playing games. Um, I have a question, or I have a topic that I want to talk about with you guys related to um, a different topic, not iPad rumors, but home automation stuff. But before I talk to you about it, <laughs> uh, have you guys ever bought? Um, this is a rhetorical question for you, but have you ever bought uh, a suit off the rack and then you look like a schlub when you wear it? A made-to-measure suit fits so much better. Indochino sent me a made-to-measure suit, and it fits me great. I wore it just this past weekend. It was at a funeral, but still, everybody was so happy there because of how great... <laughs> Can you do that? <laughs> sure, why not? But no, it is a great look. It's a great looking suit. Indochino is one of the largest made-to-measure menswear brands. They're making it easy for men to get great-fitting, high-quality suits and shirts at an incredible price. If you visit Indochino.com or you go to one of their nine North American showrooms, you pick from hundreds of fabrics and patterns. You choose your customizations from lapels to pleats to jacket linings and more. You submit your body measurements, and then you kick back, relax, and get ready to step into the best, most stylish suit you've ever worn. It'll arrive in just four weeks. This week, our listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $389 at Indochino.com when entering Rebound to checkout. That's 50% off the regular price for a made-to-measure premium suit. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Promo code Rebound for any premium suit for just $389 and free shipping. You will never have to worry about badly fitting suits or expensive trips to the tailor again, or badly fitting tailors for that matter. Get ready to look like a million bucks. Indochino.com, promo code rebound so i was when i had visited san francisco a couple weeks back and i visited the home of jason horatio snell uh, i had admired the fact that he had uh, wi-fi connected leds in his exterior lights for his house and so he was using his echo to say hey you know who turn on the outside lights and then we turn on and then he had set up uh and if this then that trigger that said when it's sundown turn those lights on and when it's sun up turn the lights off again um, so I came home and I was like, Hey, I have these Wi-Fi bulbs in other stupid places in the house. I'm going to do that too, which I did. But then I started thinking since these bulbs can be any color, I could have a little more fun with this. So on Valentine's day, I put them to red and for the Super Bowl, I had one red and one blue for the Super Bowl team colors. And then I was talking to Jason, like, I really want there to be a way to automate all the different holidays. So I don't have to remember to do it in real time to automate these holidays so that I can have my exterior lights represent the color of whatever the right holiday is. And Jason, I've been iMessaging now for several days, getting nerdier and nerdier on the best way to do this. Uh, and I have now landed on, I created special custom calendar entries on my Google calendar and set up an if this, then that applet that looks at my calendar for specific searches. And so it knows, hey, if it's Valentine's Day, set the color to red. The tricky part is you, it'll stay red. So now I have it so that every day when my lights turn off, before they turn off, they set the color to white. Most of the time, they are already white. <laughs> um, but on the rare event that it's some holiday for which I have set a color, like St. Patrick's Day coming up, see if you can guess what color it is. Um, Purple. It'll reset them to white. But it's pretty cool <laughs> and nerdy. And I'm so a nerd, what, what and are you using this for this automation? I'm using simply if this, then that and LifeX light bulbs. Okay. All right. L-I-F- LifeX light bulbs are basically the same as Philips Hue bulbs. I think they're even compatible with each other interesting that seems clever i kind of i kind of dig it um yeah yeah i i think the home automation thing is interesting uh, i i like playing around with these things i've definitely run into that problem i think that you're working around there which is i have that uh the uh, red alert function that i unsuccessfully demonstrated for james and john a few weeks ago uh but one of the problems is is when i when i turn it off with the voice command it does not set the color back to white 
And so it like turns the lights. I think I have it set to turn the lights off, but if I turn them on again after that, they will still be red. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is, uh, you know, it, it's, it's an intentional design decision on their parts, right? Like to not have it revert to the last on state necessarily, but it is uh, annoying when you're trying to, to do something uh, clever with it. I also still have weird problems with, um, I have a rule. I use HomeKit um, to do to set a rule where I have the light in my office goes off at twelve thirty a.m. every day um, to remind you to go to sleep. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes it just doesn't work, and I have no idea why. Like I'll get up in the morning and the light will still be on, and I'm like, but it's 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 on occasion. It's not like a regular thing. So it's incredibly and like. There's basically no way that I can easily find to troubleshoot why that is. So I have I have zero ideas as to why that's happening. So essentially it should be using the Apple TV as a HomeKit hub at that point. Um but it's just totally it's totally puzzling to me that that is not that it doesn't work every time because it does not seem that hard to turn this thing off at this time. <laughs> Do you yeah. remember uh, desktop skins? <laughs> because <laughs> it seems to me like some of this sounds a little bit like that. <laughs> desktop these, skins like the scope the when you yeah, would theme these, your like, trash like, can and stuff oh i'm gonna change yeah and then i'm gonna get my like when my trash is full it's gonna look fat and and then i'm gonna have i mean i don't know I, it seems like some of these uh these tricks these literal parlor tricks uh aren't stuff you're gonna be doing like two years from now you think so yeah why okay. why do you say that I mean, I because I feel like it's just like you know having fun with it to begin with because it's a new thing, and then finally you'll you'll get so bored with it you'll just be like, just turn my goddamn lights on. <laughs> I mean, there are things about it that I, I feel like I agree with you. The novelty will wear off, but there are. I mean, like uh, for year when I was a kid, like my parents had their living room light on a timer, like one of those old mechanical timers, for year like yeah. period like that. And so for that, mm-hmm. it's that but easier. Um, because fiddling with those things was always, I had a mechanical one in my apartment when I first moved in and it was a pain in the ass. Uh, it would also get out of sync if either the power went off or if, um, at daylight savings time, you'd have to reset it. And so, and it was just a nightmare to use. And so the, you know, I've had a, like a, I had a Wemo switch for a while, which replaced that. And then I moved up to the, the lights. And so I, I really like that functionality part of it, but I agree that there's a lot of it that is less easy than, using a switch my girlfriend gets really annoyed at being able to not being able to turn on and off the lamp on her bedside table because i've got it on a thing on a, it's, no wait it's, first you have to do this stand over there because otherwise we yeah, won't hear you and then shout there's, into the other room because that's where this that's where the, there's, there's that's some where eye, the alexa is there's some eye rolling um and yeah, no, that that's definitely an annoying part and i think it's something that th- these guys have to figure out is like you need to have toggles that can turn these things seemingly on and off while not cutting their power because it's very annoying because not to to be able to turn it off you can do it with the hue which is the nice thing about it is that if you turn it off and then you turn it like i think you have to turn it just like a second time it like automatically overrides like there is an override for the physical controls like you can always just turn it a second time and it will come on full power just like a normal light um and so that's fine uh it's just a matter of like yeah, there. I mean, I have one of the wireless uh, buttons for my living room setup, which I actually quite like, especially because it's like it's deta- It has like a little detachable magnetic remote, 
so you can rather than having it just like on the wall you can like take the the switch part off and then just have that sitting around like a remote um which is which is and nice, lose, but it can also this. <laughs> well, I mean, it magnets back onto the like onto the light plate on the wall, so like you can just leave it there too. You do not have children. <laughs> True. <laughs> children in my house will not be allowed to turn the lights on and off. Yeah, okay, right, that is a grown-up privilege. <laughs> I mean, I, so John, I I don't necessarily agree with. You. I mean, I think yes, the people are doing goofier things than they would do longer term. But I I don't think yeah. we're going to go backwards from having all these things be Wi Fi connected. I'm I think it's going to be the no, standard. No, I don't think. No, I don't think that the. Either. The thing that has me concerned is like, I don't know which companies are going to go out of business. So like Hue yeah. being owned by Philips, you feel like their server is going to stay up. But uh, like if LifeX can't make it work, and right now to use any of those if this, then that recipes, you've got to have LifeX's servers sending a message to my light bulbs to turn on. And if they go mm-hmm. away and right. Hue doesn't snatch up the resources, then yeah. uh, I'm not screwed. I can still use those bulbs, uh, but I can't use them the way that I used to. So that's the bummer. That's that's the right. fear. Yeah. Not yeah. sure if I want to invest in more like all all the LifeX bulbs I have, <laughs> um, I had four, three of which worked and one didn't. Uh, they were sent to me back when LifeX was advertising on podcasts. They weren't even advertising on my path. They were just like, Lex, we like you. We're going to send you something. I'm like, you don't have to do that. I'm like, we want to. Um, but I don't know if I'll buy them. <laughs> they don't advertise anymore, so fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> this message is brought to you by Philips Hue bulbs. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> But yeah, once the price comes down. Yeah, I don't know. I like a lot of the elements about it. It is a fiddly thing. It is a silly thing that's currently still in that geeky realm of stuff that's fun to play with more than it's actually useful. Uh, That's Mm -hmm. not to say that it can't be useful, like that, or there there are setups that are aren't useful. But like for everyday stuff, the answer is still probably to be able to turn your lights on and off from a switch is more effective. Um, yeah. But I like, I mean, I've been playing around with one of the motion sensors that Philips Hue put out, um, and I found that frustrating because it's a nice piece of hardware, and I feel like it has a lot of potential, but the software for it is so limited um, that it just really makes it kind of useless. So that's a that's a frustration. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, nobody has really spent a lot of time investing in this. Even Apple, you know, they've built out the HomeKit framework and the Home app and stuff like that, but they, they don't make anything hardware-wise to really encourage people to get involved in that ecosystem. Yeah. I just, I feel like I, I mean, I feel like this would be something that I would be into, but I feel like I need the, the prices to come down and I need to be able to pick some winners. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. The Hue stuff is pretty good and it's occasionally on sale for reasonable costs, but like, yeah, it's, I mean, costs more than a light bulb. No question about that. <laughs> right. Now, when you go to the LifeX's website, it's the thing that, that what, what makes me happy about them is that they in, can't innovate my ass seems to be their ongoing <laughs> mantra. Only they mean it. Um, but like they keep making new things. Time. <laughs> yeah. um, but they have the, uh, the life X Z, which is this, uh, it's like a strip of lights, like, like a tape measure of lights basically. So the, and when you go to their pages where they show all the things, you're like, yes, I have to do all those things. All of my bookshelves should be lit up and <laughs> I need a halo of light around my television. Like they're doing cool stuff. Um, so I don't know. That's at least optimistic that they won't go out of business, but who yeah. knows? Who knows? Who knows? I'm sending you guys the link to the very cool LifeXE, which I look at like once a week and think about buying and then don't buy. <laughs> a lot, lot <laughs> happening in your world there, Lex. Uh, well, it's in between rounds of stagehand. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> in conference oh, calls. Weird. Yeah. Which are what the same thing. Now? 
Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. I <laughs> exactly. see what this is. Um, it's cool, right? It's cool. Yeah. Seems cool. I don't know where I would put this in my house. I was thinking about getting a strip and putting it around, like we have in the, the <laughs> we have the theater where there's a the second row of seats and it's on a platform. So I could put like a little row of lights around the platform so the people don't trip on it in the dark. Oh my That's God. <laughs> or you could just hire an usher <laughs> with one of those little red batons. <laughs> also a good idea. A robot usher. Robot usher. <laughs> when will they finally make some home automation for Lex? <laughs> Robot usher, home. take me to my seat. Uh, let's see what else is going on. There's a rumor about Apple Watch Series 3. Already? Yep. It's made- We're not on 3 already? Uh, I don't think so. Kind of are, really. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it depends how you view series right. zero in series one right i have uh just a, i think it's still. specifically about a different display technology um possibly a thinner display technology i think which would make sense as you know current ones i've seen a lot of people who the, the front of their iphone uh, apple watch has popped off really huh. have you seen that no i haven't yeah that happened to albert and um i think renee Ritchie. um that what popped and I've off? Seen, I've the, seen the several display? others on on Twitter with the front of the yeah the display of the uh, the Apple Watch just like pops off. So like essentially probably oh became... Amy it happened to Amy Jane too. Oh wow! And so it became unglued huh. essentially. Yeah, and huh. they fix it. I mean, I think they fix it even if it's not. I mean, I would hope so because that is Under otherwise that would be pretty bad PR. <laughs> yeah, because uh, right. like does that happen to your Rolex a lot? Like, you know, that's a that's a. <laughs> They've got that pretty good down, you know. After after you know a hundred years of making think. watches, they've like figured out yeah, how to make the front like stay that. on. <laughs> right, that's not easy. It took them a while at first, yeah. but um, you guys are both still on zeros, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I see. As no, is my wife. No reason to upgrade until. <laughs> <laughs> In both watch and. <laughs> yeah. As is mine. Anyway, <laughs> all we're saying is we're terrible people, Dan. Continue. I <laughs> already knew that going in, as it turns out. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, get... I love it when Dan's just thinking about what he can talk about next. Also, so there's so many options. What, what, which one to pick? All right, I'll let you guys talk about. Um, it. What, do you, what do you guys want to talk do you, about? Are you guys use? Are you still um, Lex? You're a frequent Uber user, correct? I was. Loaded question. Not, not anymore. I mean, I'm not, well, I don't want to go into the other thing, but um, yeah, but so could we, I have never, I up until this weekend, I had never actually called for a car from any service like that. Right. Um, and we went to San Diego this weekend and we, um, we used the hell out of Lyft, which um, I consider to be apparently slight at least the the lesser of the two evils <laughs> i don't think lyft is perfect right. either but um great investors like peter thiel and the kushner family at lyft yeah. is great great yeah great, and great yeah company. i mean there's like you can't win uh really unless you walk um <laughs> and that was out of the question <laughs> uh but look at all the terrible people in life that have walked i hear hitler walked a lot i mean mm, sure <laughs> big walker goose stepper <laughs> <laughs> made a big show out of walking <laughs> um 
I actually I I did the I deleted Uber a few weeks ago and uh, I haven't missed it, but I did run into a situation yesterday. Not for me, but I was meeting um one of my cousin a couple of my cousins for dinner, and one of them had to finish up work, and so she was going to be late. And she's like, "Yeah, I went to Lyft because she had deleted Uber a while back." And she's like, "I went to Lyft to to get a ride to the restaurant, which was a couple miles away, and she it was something like forty or fifty bucks for like a like a mm. two three mile ride." And she's like, what? Oh, my God. And so she opened up, you know, she's like, crap. So she, like, regretfully reinstalled Uber. And it was still, like, 26 bucks. um, But it was a lot cheaper. And so I think part of it was, you know, timing. Like, she was, it was, like, 5 o'clock. So, you know, rush hour. There's a lot of people there. But, you know, some of it is also, I think, there still tends to be a lot of Uber saturation. And and less so in some places with Lyft. But I've, I've been pretty... It's been fine for me, and I have not. It's been comparably priced in all the time. Now, I think it. it's. I, I will say, and I know John. You said you don't want to go too political on the whole thing. I think yeah. that. I mean, I did want to. I did want to touch upon the second issue that came up this past week, but not the. But so I would say one. that there's no. Um, <laughs> there is no shortage of stories. Stories. That's a uh, French Story. for stories. There's, there's no, no shortage of stories. <laughs> Uh, that make you wonder, you know, hey, is Uber really a great company? Uh, yeah. Clearly, the answer is seemingly no. Um, I do think that uh, the CEO's, you know, recent moves in light of this story about kind of institutional sexism, uh, and I feel like he did, like he did all you could ask at this point, right? I mean, you could ask, don't let these issues exist in the first place, but yeah, right. bringing in Eric Holder to do his investigation and all the like, mm-hmm. I feel, and um, that board that Ariana Huffington's going to be a part of, like, I think those are the right moves, and it's curious to see what will come of it. Right. Um, well, that's the thing. Yeah. The. The question to me is, let's say you can ignore this issue entirely. Let's say it never happened, right? The story came out and it said it was like, by the way, Uber treats women great. Um, then if you're protesting them for any of the many other reasons that are reasonable reasons to protest Uber, the question that strikes me again and again is who's getting punished because it's the drivers. <laughs> and <laughs> for a lot of drivers, it's their income. Yeah. And yeah. so I have always been conflicted about not <laughs> using either because like my other option is to go to these extremely overpriced car services because like an Uber to the airport, a place where I go like every other month is – 35 or 40 dollars and a private car which is the next option is like 150 dollars yeah right <laughs> and it's owned by the mob <laughs> right <laughs> i don't say that because i want to live but yes i am in central new jersey well i mean then the other thing is like these you know you get into them you and you see that place? you know you get into a lift and you see that there's the, they have the uber sign in there too i mean like yeah, they're, most they're, drivers. they're using many of them are doing both and then uh, like one of the guys you know <laughs> gave us a, a, a lift over the weekend, gave me a card and you said, "If you're going to the, the airport later, I also drive a lot." Yes, car. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think that is common in a lot of places that the people sort of uh, use both services, and I've definitely also run into people who are, you know, private car drivers as well. Yeah, um, it's, yeah. it's I mean, funny I, they mentioned I, that. My I, most try recent make, trip- I try to make an effort to use the thing that's the least um awful that that may change um, though like in the course of oh, like yeah, a week or two all the time. is the problem <laughs> right right yeah you have to you have to stay on top of it is one problem and then the other thing is i mean it seems like i mean the real problem is simply corporate america right, right. i mean yeah is there, you practically can't you know i see all these people who make you know, these vast statements about apple like oh they're really bad you know with their environmental record and it's like really i mean who, whose cell phone are you going to use that's like better I mean, you're just going to go back to rotary dial. 
Is there room for an app in the App Store that's basically which car service is least offensive this week? And you tap on it and it just automatically launches whichever app we hate less Probably that week. Probably not. I did have a uh, – this was before um, all of the recent Uber outcries. Not any Uber outcry, but uh, two months ago, I guess, I took an Uber to the airport. And the guy also did private rides. And he was saying he had a private ride in the airport from the airport in 50 minutes. So he turned on his app to see if he could get paid for his ride to the airport before he did his private one. And I was like, that's really smart. Like that guy, that guy needs an app. Right? <laughs> to, he basically had me pay him to drive to work. <laughs> which i think is really smart does uh private car i don't know enough about um private car like black car services they are they privately is it like people you, you can't be like an independent car driver right like i think you need a, a license, license of some from sort. the state typically yeah in some sort. And so right. generally you're probably part of a larger company or fleet a lot of times yeah he was one of like it was literally two cars okay but yes all right i just I, yeah i mean part of it is that you know, we talk a lot of these things talk about disruption, right? Like, oh yeah, the taxi, you know, world really didn't innovate, and so these guys came in and ate their lunch. Um, and you know, how do they do that? Well, you know, to a certain extent, they cut corners and cut costs and avoided like dealing with some of the big entrenched issues like licensing, right? You know, and that that has its downsides because it also means that you don't have a lot of protections as a person driving for Uber, um, and it also means, but like. Like you said, they are coming in with a lower cost solution that for many people is a is the only option they have in certain areas, right? And like yep. I'm sure yeah. there are a lot of oper- a lot of examples of how there are people who if they did not have access to this kind of service could not themselves get to their own jobs or, you know, get childcare, etc., right? Like there are a lot of people for whom a, a low cost car service is very uh enabling. Right, like it helps them do things they otherwise wouldn't be able to do, even like going to the grocery store or stuff like that, possibly. So it's it's a tough it's a tough line to <laughs> or, walk there, or going out and getting blasted and just being able to go anywhere you want without, yeah, without frat, running people over. Yeah, well, hey, that's a service for all of us, right? <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. So, but I, you know, as far as the institutional sexism problem goes, I mean, it's it's it. it, it here's the thing. I'm opposed to institutional sex. Good. Let's all get that out there. But I mean, this is a problem not just at Uber, but across the entire industry, right? Like, we're, it seems we, like it's right? worse at Uber, though. I mean, do we know that? We just <laughs> it don't, might be. We don't know that for sure because it's possible. There's a lot of organizations. It's pretty bad. Where, I'm not saying that. I'm saying there's a lot of organizations where people haven't come forward to talk about it. And some could argue sure. that it might be very wor- it might be worse at a lot of places. It's probably pretty bad at a lot of places because women in general, as we all know, don't get treated very well, especially in the technology industry. It's pretty bad. There was now, a whole report out this weekend about, you know, essentially the behavior of people in towards sexism, specifically white men towards sexism. And it was like they basically don't care. Right. Like, you know, as far as the in the institutional, um, you know, positions of right. power that they tend to be in in the tech industry. They don't see it hurting their bottom line currently. I'm not saying this is the case. I don't have any evidence to support this. But should there be like widespread sexism at Medium, where is the whistleblower employee going to post about it? (laughs) Back channel? No, I don't know what what is. Blogger. (laughs) It all comes around. That's Uh, right. Yeah, they'll they'll post on Twitter and we know how that'll go. Yeah, so no, I, I I I haven't deleted Uber, but I haven't used Uber, uh, and 
I, uh, I have used Lyft. When you Lyft, John, do you, uh, do you do the tip in the app? Yes. Why? And that's because you've never Ubered. Well, no, I, I do the tip and Lyft, but it's, it's just so weird if you come from the Uber world where there is no tipping. Like, the tip is included, basically. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, but then Lyft is like, hey, I mean, I've been in Ubers driver? before, but I've never called one myself. Mm-hmm. I actually I used them, off other I used them hugely in India because they were actually the easiest way to get around. And they're one of the few ways that you could guarantee you could take a ride and charge it to a credit card as opposed to paying cash. Mm-hmm. And even yeah. then, there are Uber drivers there who will only take cash, which is a weird thing. Um, we called one <laughs> once, that? and that happened. And he was like, he, he a did not speak English, which was unusual, and b he kept insisting that he, you know, we cash. And that is apparently a thing in some places in India. But we, uh, that was like a clown card thing where we got in on one side of the car, and he's like, and he's like, made gestures for cash, and then we got out on the other side of the car immediately. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you understand how clown cars work. Um, I don't. What are the physics <laughs> that, involved? That There's part, like a small, kinda... <laughs> small space. How are there so many clowns in there? there the only there time I ever had cash, any clowns in there. <laughs> the only time I ever had cash come up in an Uber, I was. Uh, I think it was in Atlanta um, a couple of years ago, and I summoned my Uber. It arrived. I got in the car. It takes me to my destination. All of this is going according to plan so far. And then the guy's like, okay, here's how much you owe me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, it's, it's, in, and I thought like the guy's trying to pull a fast one over old Lexi, not realizing I was a hardcore Uber user. And I'm like, no, it's just in the app. And he's like, what are you, what are you talking about? And I'm like, Uber pays you automatically. Money is exchanged for the service, but via credit card and the app. And he's like, I'm not an Uber driver. And, uh, Two identical cars had come up at the same time, and <laughs> the guy with the private car order had gotten in my Uber, and I had gotten in the guy's private car. Uh, that was fun. That time I had to pay in gas. <laughs> so oh now I always check, That's are you story. here for Lex? I do that every time, whenever I get in a car. Even if it's just a friend, are you here for Lex? Yeah. Are you here for Lex? Yeah. Uh, I ask that every time, So we must too. have taken, we took about... God, I mean, 10. I'd say we took almost 10, eight, maybe eight uh, lifts uh, over the weekend. And they were all pretty good. I mean, we had a decent experience in all of them. No weirdos. Yeah, my, nice. my experience. I mean, that could be just San Diego. Well, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a warm town. They're welcoming. Yeah, right. Everyone's more relaxed. Everyone is more relaxed in San Diego. It's true. <laughs> How can you not be? It's like 70 degrees and sunny every single day. Like, yeah. There's really... except when we're except when we're there and they get a freak rainstorm <laughs> for two days. I blame that's you. like it's yeah. like the inverse of whenever I come up to visit Seattle and it's always sunny and nice and I'm like, what is everybody bitching about? <laughs> it's perfectly beautiful here. <laughs> I'm glad you're coming soon. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Uh, any other pressing technology issues that we need to solve this week? Any pr- wait? Any pressing technology issues we need to create this week? uh the echo has learned new songs so if you ask it to sing you a song now it's got a new one it's not as good as the old one so you can still also say alexa sing it's raining in the clouds which is my favorite alexa song but it's got a new one if you just say sing a song now you know and and she also knows how to make a martini relatively correctly (laughs) yeah they've corrected the martini recipe so that's helpful and i have seen um multiple i guess they're still nerdy friends of mine but i have multiple friends who i wouldn't think would be like echo early adopters who are using Echo Dots in their entertainment system setups. Like when there's 15 things to turn on, they're getting the Harmony Hub Dan Warren style and hooking an Echo up to that so they can say, Alexa, turn on the TV. It is just really easy. I think that's the... I mean, the combination of those two things is the best solution I've found to controlling 
home theater setups. It it just like I've seen so many Kickstarters of attempting. Oh, thank you for reminding me, Sling. I want to talk about. I've seen so many Kickstarters for like creating devices that are going to control everything. My favorite latest device. I don't know if you guys saw this the other week. Um, it's the Cavo, I think C A A V O. If you have not seen this, it is the thing that amuses me about it is how excited the Verge writers seem to be about a product that is clearly never going to catch on. Essentially, it's a $400 (laughs) HDMI switcher, which has its own interface and then does like some crazy, almost screen scraping things to control other devices like the Apple TV. It is nuts. So it's like... (laughs) It, it and they're all like, "Oh, this is going to change television." But here's the thing: it's like an HDMI switcher that you buy. You buy. It's a device you buy to connect all your other set top boxes to. Like, it's for, it's a little bit smarter than what you're saying, but yes, it's pretty dumb. It's but it's a four hundred dollar thing that you have to buy after you've already bought multiple set top boxes <laughs> that each cost somewhere between fifty dollars and one hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> like. The market for this is not huge. I have all those set-top boxes, and I am still not going to spend $400 on another thing to let me control all those things. Well, they've raised $15 million in funding. That's funding, my friend. But, Dan, it's wood. It's made out of wood. Alex, are you in the market for this? Is this why you're being defensive about it? Do you want one? No. The company's planning to do a limited run of (laughs) $5,000. Get out of here. <laughs> Limited edition hardware it does not work for me. Bespoke. I've seen the 20th century. It is bespoke HDMI switchers. It is just <laughs> so. I'm sorry. This is dumb. And The Verge keeps like. They mentioned it at some point in some article the other week where they're like, oh, yeah, Apple's got to up its game to compete with this thing. I'm like, no, they do not. This is not a mass market product. This is not a thing that most people will ever consider buying. This is a thing for, for rich people with too much money who just like. You know, they will buy, they have somebody else. They're the people who have uh, outsourced to to people like our friend Philip Moselak to like come and set up their home entertainment centers, essentially. And then are like, you know, basically have a, just here, here's a, here is a bunch of money to like set this up so that it's really easy for me to use. I don't really care what goes into it. I think it's, I think it is the most ridiculous gadget I have seen in a while. It, it amuses me greatly. (laughs) I gathered. I, you know, I have multiple set-top boxes, and it's definitely annoying to that there isn't a set-top box that does everything. But without my solution is just get more is getting more TVs. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Here's another. Here <laughs> I've got another one. solution to compete. Pretty with Pretty soon, this. I'm gonna have one TV for every set-top box. All right. Yeah. Exactly. Here's here, here's how we compete with this. We make a yeah, right. a five thousand dollar product that's essentially like a turntable, and you put multiple it's, TVs it's like on it. Those, it's one of those Japanese it's car a, parks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it li- you you press a button and it re- it moves whatever TV connected to whatever set top box you want into view. Yeah, and that also it- brings the great the great smell of grease to your living room. <laughs> well, and it has a, a sushi conveyor belt built in too. Because mm, why oh, not, yeah. right? Like you know, you want sure, you get hungry while you're do it, do watching it right. TV. So I'm saying this is this is my new project. I think I can easily pick up 15 million in venture funding. <laughs> I'm in. Thanks. I'm in for a dollar. I want four. <laughs> <sighs> I'm going to be rich. (laughs) (laughs) I'll still be Lex. (laughs) I'm going to be Jim.